This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about pineapple juice. Yes. Wait a minute. How did this happen? This Didn't this like kind of fall out of another episode? It totally fell out of another episode. I don't remember which one. I don't have any evidence that it was suggested by a listener. Our listeners hate <laughs> pineapple juice and don't want to hear us talk about it, but we're doing it anyway. That's right. Well, you know what? I'm so glad that we're finally getting around to talking about this because number one, pineapple juice is delicious. Mm-hmm. Number two, pineapple juice is one of few products I can think of that come packaged the way it still does. Yes, we're going to talk about that, but I do not know why I was not able to figure out the answer. Okay, okay. Uh, And and by like package the way it does, (laughs) I mean like in these like cans, right? Like, I mean, and this is like a a sturdier can than like a, you know, a soft drink or soda can, right? Right. It's more like a a soup can. It is. It's like a soup can. Uh, In this case, it's got like a little, like a little flip top tab thing like a Coke oh yes yeah. but it used to have do you remember it used to have a little the peel off the little peel off tab yep. and underneath it was this little sort of um teardrop shaped opening that you could cut your tongue on yeah uh, yeah 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 <laughs> and then do you remember the larger version of this can which you had to use uh-huh. a church key to open yes i feel like opening a can with a church key is a thing i associate with my dad opening a can of tomato juice which i know is not the the topic of this episode but it's juice in a can. And like, I think of that as like a real dad thing to do. I definitely think of it as a certain uh, generation of adults like that are now your dad's age. They would have been opening a can like this. It would have been I don't know, like the uh, like the classroom assistant or something in grade school, <laughs> or uh, if you ever had to go to like Sunday school or something like that, there was definitely somebody with a church key, not at like an actual key to the church, but a church key <laughs> opening a can of pineapple juice. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's Sunday school. Otherwise, like without a church key, how would they get the classroom open? Uh, <laughs> but um, but. 
like I, I still do this periodically. Like sometimes I'll open like a can of chicken broth using a church key. Like I don't know really? why that's better than just using the can opener, but I get it's kind of fun. I imagine like 80 year old men carrying around their church keys and like uh, in case they need to open a can of something and then like getting them uh, confiscated from, by the TSA when they try and get on the plane. I'm not sure I have one. I don't oh, think really? I have one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I for sure do. Uh, you know, we should do a whole episode on church keys, maybe, okay. because like why both... are they called church keys? It That's seems very question. tongue in cheek, you know? It, I, I it don't does, know. like like uh, like how there's uh, uh, like a Italian pasta shape called priest stranglers. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've never I've never used mine to try and, and break into a church, but I but I've opened a, a number of cans with it. Great. Uh, Matthew. Uh, so, you know, my memory lane involves a lot of church keys and, and a lot of okay, cans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about your memory lane? It involves like my earliest school lunch memories, which were memories of hot lunch in later elementary school, like fourth, fifth grade. And I remember like two basic things that I remember from hot lunch are uh, stag chili that would be served in a little styrofoam cup mm-hmm. on Wednesdays. Wednesday was mm-hmm. chili day. I will never forget. Uh, mm-hmm. And little cans of Dole pineapple juice with the peel off. And like, yeah, like, oh, yes. I don't know when the last time, like if I had, if I sat down and I don't think you can buy styrofoam cups anymore. You probably can, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have been given a styrofoam cup in like sort of a, a, one of the states in As the middle gift. of our country uh, within okay. the last couple of years. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. You know, we always talk about like how if we had a time machine and we could use it just once, what would we do? This is going to be my time machine. I'm going to put some stag chili in a in a styrofoam cup. I'm going to open a little can of Dole pineapple juice, and I'm going to like suddenly, you know, look in the mirror, and I'm nine years old again. Yes, and then and are then, you going to discover that uh, I'm trying to remember what happened in the movie Big? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, first of all, he doesn't parts. go from 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 big to small. Well, I mean, I guess at the end of the movie he does, <laughs> but the movie isn't about like an adult uh, becoming oh. a child and. Getting right. into mishaps. Yeah, no, I'm realizing now like if way. I if I like went back and was nine years old again, I would be I would be like <laughs> missing some of my favorite like grown up things. So I'm gonna skip that actually. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so let's talk about this stuff because I think pineapple juice, I, I feel like this is almost like a perfectly engineered food product. It's really good. And I know yeah. that it's not highly engineered, but it's exceptionally good. It Just is thinking about highly it. engineered, as we will see. Oh, it is? Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so, Matthew, you did the research for this. Educate me. All right. So, first off, a variety of different uh, – oh, no. I said variety, and then I was going to say variety again. A variety of different varieties of pineapple <laughs> – I'm just going for it – are used mm-hmm. to make pineapple juice. Uh, according to Wikipedia, numerous pineapple varieties may be used to manufacture commercial juice, the most common of which are smooth cayenne, yes. red Spanish, queen, and abacashi. I um, love this. Who's yes. responsible then, for naming pineapples? This is great. Yeah, and then and then I uh, I thought about making a like real or fake pineapple name quiz. Too lazy, but <laughs> but there are a lot more pineapple varieties that aren't used for making uh, commercial juice, including Champaca, Monte okay. Oscuro, James Queen, and PR one sixty seven. Which isn't that which like I a interpret- public school somewhere? 
it's yeah it's a public school somewhere like in in uh you know brooklyn and uh-huh. he's also like a robotic pineapple like a like a steampunk pineapple yes pr1-67 yeah or maybe i mean cyberpunk i always confuse this i wonder if it's one of the did you ever watch battlestar galactica no i didn't oh man the the cylons have numbers like okay. model numbers and uh, I wonder if this is like a second generation model number, like a and and a Cylon is like a, a space pineapple that tries to kill you. That's exactly right. Okay, that's exactly right. Yep, you're gonna love this show. <laughs> so we did do a pineapple episode, right? Uh, yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah, okay. I think so. And I'm sure we talked a little bit about pineapple juice there. So, like, pineapples themselves are obviously probably an ancient food. Pineapple juice is not an ancient food because producing it, like, in more than, than like, a, you know, trivial quantity requires industrial juicing, clarifying, and pasteurization. All right? Wow. So, okay, clarifying. Wow. Yeah. Cla- oh, are we'll you going to clarify that? I'm going to clarify that. <laughs> In, in industrially. Okay. Uh, the first commercial pineapple juice producer was the Hawaiian Pineapple Company, now known as Dole, which developed the process in the early 30s and first marketed it in 1934. So like before that, you know, if you think about a pineapple, how are you going to get much juice out of this and why before it's a commercial product, right? That's true. It, it is a juicy fruit, but it's also a very fibrous fruit. It's also like large it's not a shape that lends itself to like a like a reamer type device yeah i mean i think like juicing in general is kind of a modern thing in the past you know you would just kind of eat the fruit because like if you produce the juice it's just gonna it's gonna take a lot of work it's gonna not have as much nutrition and it's gonna go bad right away Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so so like refrigeration obviously is another big part of it um Mm -hmm. Okay, so unlike most juices, as we know, pineapple juice is mostly sold in cans. And wow, did I go down a rabbit hole trying to figure out why this is. And there are lots of uh, purported explanations, most of which really don't make any sense. (laughs) So uh, like some people say, like, it's because it's not refrigerated and exposure to light would cause it to oxidize. But like, that is true. Like, it's no more true for pineapple juice than a lot of juices that are sold in glass bottles in the juice aisle. So, yeah, what makes one juice more more susceptible to oxidization? Oxidization. Oxidation. Oh, God. Uh, oxidation than other juices. I don't. I mean, it's going to be like the molecular structure of stuff in the juice, but I don't know. I mean, that could be the reason, but I. I couldn't really find any evidence that that was really the case, just people claiming it. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people say it's sold in cans because it's acidic, but so is orange juice, which is sold in plastic bottles. So is cranberry juice, which is way more acidic than Mm -hmm. pineapple juice. And we, Mm -hmm. you know, we just had some uh, 100% cranberry juice. I remember. And uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, remember on the cranberry juice episode that we tried that 100% cranberry juice, which was very good, but like you could only drink like a uh, homeopathic quantity of it because it was so strong. Right. Wife of the show, Lori and I used uh, some of the rest of it to make uh, cocktails like vodka, tonic and hundred percent cranberry juice. Really good. Really? Yes. Wow. That sounds fantastic. Okay. So, so uh, how do they make this stuff? I mean, th- so not only do we have a fruit that is like very fibrous, but it's also got this core that is quite like woody. It's got a it's core. Like, a, like, like the cob of a corn cob. 
Almost. Yep. So I was hoping the answer was going to be like people stomp on them because I feel like that's how everything should be juiced. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I know we bring this up from time to time, but you know the video of the, the woman falling out of the grape stomping that? Absolutely. I think about this at least once a month. I probably watch it at least once a month. Oh, I mean, I think it is one of the Internet's best reasons for existing. It, it is, is, yes. The, the fact that that video can just be passed around and around and around and around and you can revisit it anytime you want. Yeah, I mean, somewhere somewhere out there, like like the woman who's, who fell out of the grape stomping vat is probably... Is probably listening to this show right now. She and, probably and she's we probably salute going, oh, you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh God, I want to watch this right now. <laughs> that was a pretty good invitation, wasn't it? It was very good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you put you. me right, right there, like in in the vat, and then out of the vat. Anyway, okay. that's not how pineapple juice is made. So strap in because it's Wikipedia time in a big way. All right. <laughs> okay. Quote: To clean pineapples before juicing, a brush and spray cleaning machine is used to remove stains, imperfections, and pesticide residue. After cleaning, the fruit is put into a pineapple peeling and extractor machine to obtain pulps, which are put into a spiral juice extractor. So I think probably the peeling and extractor machine is like produces like, you know how like when you get like a big chunk of cord peeled pineapple, Mm -hmm. I think that is that is the output of the of the uh, peeling and extractor machine. Okay. And then those pulps are put into a spiral juice extractor and a juice fine filter is then used to remove all solids, fiber, and colloidal particles from the pineapple juice. So I think a spiral juice extractor, if I, if I'm to have to guess. Yeah. Oh, I see that you you explained <laughs> no, no, right no, below. No, no, it. I want to hear your guess. What oh, were you gonna say? I was gonna say it's either like a big corkscrew. Yeah. Or it's a centrifuge. Get like the spiral, you know. I mean, it's basically a meat grinder, I think, without without like the cutting part, because it's Mm -hmm. it's like a big it's a big old screw that like that uses screw action to to press the (laughs) pineapple pulps against a screen and, and squash the juice out. But so it is definitively not it doesn't use centrifugal force. It it's, doesn't it's use centrifugal force. force. It uses it uses screw action, a phrase that I'm going to keep saying until you acknowledge <laughs> that I'm saying screw action. I never never. <laughs> okay. Oh, also, I don't know what this part of the uh, of the spiral extractor does, but it features a part called a slag tank, which is is like so fun to say and like isn't that a great insult? What do you think the slag tank does? I think maybe like it collects the the solids that have been like totally juiced out, probably like drop into the slag tank. That's what I was going to say, too. And I, I wonder if then like, you know, I think about how people use like uh, parts of coconut for other purposes like. Um, oh, yeah. We're going to sort of get to this. Well, I feel like there you could do a lot with all that fibrous dejuiced stuff, slag. right? Slag. Yeah. All the slag in the slag tank. Will you call me a slag tank? This is my new kink. No, you've got a <laughs> wife for that, dude. Go go get some screw action. Okay. Uh, hang on. I'm texting. I'm texting Watson to ask. <laughs> say, start to call me a slag tank. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, then a vacuum degasser is used to remove the air in the pineapple juice. Removing the gas prevents the solids from floating. I do think they just removed the solids before this, but I guess there are more solids. Degassing <laughs> okay. also helps reduce foaming in packing. And then sterilization occurs in a heat exchanger. After this process, the sterilized pineapple juice is cooled to 50 degrees Celsius. Pasteurizing pineapple juice stops the enzymes that cause browning. Ah, okay. 
That's meaningful. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So then the pasteurized pineapple juice is put in iron drums, aka steel drums, <laughs> uh, lined with aseptic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lined with aseptic <laughs> aluminum plastic composite bags. After cooling, the pineapple juice is put into bottles or cans using a filling machine. Okay. So okay, like that's a that's a pretty engineered food product, I would say, right? Yeah. I mean, they are having to do a lot of things to get the the juice out of the fruit for one thing, yes. and then they're having to do a lot of things to make the juice behave the way they want it to. That's exactly it. Because yeah, like if you if you like left out the pasteurization, well, I mean, first of all, it would, it would grow bacteria, but it would turn brown. Right. Do you think that like, no, actually, never mind. I was about to say, do you think that like in health food stores, they sell, that you, they sell brown, brown pineapple juice? Like, Maybe. like I you don't can get know. like unsulfured apricots, but then I realize sulfurization is not the same as pasteurization. But they sell obviously. raw milk at, you know, health food stores. They might sell raw pineapple juice. I bet the brown, I bet it would have a very different flavor. The way that unsulfured apricots taste so different from sulfur. Yeah, well, apricots. we're, we're going to talk about like a, a more, a less processed pineapple beverage in a minute, which I haven't okay. had, but I'm very curious about about. Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, Thailand, Indonesia, and the Philippines consume about half of the world's pineapple juice. And those countries, along with Coast- Costa Rica, are also the largest producers. Mm, okay. And uh, oh, so important note, according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, manufactured and canned pineapple juice can have finely insoluble solids, although it cannot have coarse or hard substances or excessive pulp. Matthew, should I open my pineapple juice at this point? Oh, please do. Oh, yeah, open it and see if it contains excessive pulp. Okay, I'm going to look for it. Yeah. Hold on just a second. Chill and shake well before serving. Okay. Oh, yeah, be sure to follow the directions or or the FDA may, may get you in trouble. Oh, yes. Drink up. Mm. Oh, my God. Pineapple juice is so perfect. Is it? Is it same as it ever oh, was? It's same as it ever was. It has this, like, intensity of flavor. And I think part of what's nice about it is it's so different from, you know, I'm thinking about the, uh, like, cranberry juice cocktail, okay? Mm-hmm. Which has this intense cranberry flavor, right? Even though it's sweetened. But there's a thinness to it. Obviously, because right. it's a lot oh, of yeah. water Pineapple and sugar. juice has the viscosity. It has a viscosity to it, which, I mean, like orange juice does too, and unfiltered apple juice and stuff. But still, there's something about the, the texture of pineapple juice that really contributes to the satisfaction I experience from the flavor Absolutely, of it. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Do you now also have the song Once in a Lifetime mm. stuck in your head? I, uh, I have no. it stuck in my head so hard because I no. said same as it ever was. Isn't that from oh. that song? Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Same as it ever was. <laughs> I have never seen Stop Making Sense. And uh, <gasps> L- Lori and I are planning to watch it when we when we get back because it just had like the big re-release. Oh I'm my very God. excited. Oh, I would love to go with you. So I saw it when they remastered it in like 1998. And okay. I went to the premiere at Castro Theater in San Francisco, and all the talking heads were there, all four of them, plus Jonathan Demme, who was still alive then. And it was incredible. Oh, my God. I mean, dancing in the aisles. It was so much fun. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. 
Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet totally you, allowed oh I love this oh I see they even have special pet items you yep. can use and they have the built-in alpha closet system nothing makes me happier <laughs> when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes mm-hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes nobody wants to see nobody, that nobody yeah so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals I am down well this is made for you then and this is town place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is the website that takes you from that thing you've always wanted to learn to learning that thing. Well, and you can learn it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. Oh, come on. Really the best in the world? Yeah. Like, remember I watched those videos with uh, with Steph Curry on, like, you know, how to have proper, like, basketball shooting form and That's stuff. That's right. You And you have been sinking so many threes <laughs> since then. It's ridiculous. I just can't stop. Um, okay. Well, I took took a class with Hans Zimmer, film composer. Maybe you've heard of movies such as The Lion King. Mm. Maybe you've heard of Gladiator, yep. The Dark Knight. Dune. He did all of those. I loved And Dune. now he's teaching me how to do it. Like the art of making Has people feel to things. To, to teach me? Yeah. Yeah, because, because I've got a master class subscription. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, Matthew, I also hear that if you want to take a class, say, from like Alice Waters or Thomas Keller or even like Yotam Orolengi, you can get essentially what are like private lessons. Now, granted, they're they're. They're on masterclass. Yes. But private lessons did, from right. these people. Odalenghi doesn't come to your house, That's but right. virtually he does. That's right. So masterclass makes all of this possible, and you get unlimited access to the very world's best teachers. And you will get 15% off an annual membership right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Back to pineapple juice. This is serious, serious now. Let's talk about using pineapple juice in drinks and cocktails. Yeah, because I think, you know, people don't, well, I don't live in a household where we we buy a lot of juice. We just aren't big juice people. But, you know, because pineapple juice doesn't live where like the fresh juices that I think are much more common now than they were when we were kids. Like, Sure. I mean, when we were kids, it was like just Tropicana. And now Pretty there's much, like yeah. every orange. type of fruit juice yeah. comes in like a fresh, perishable, refrigerated Simply version. pomegranate. That's right. And pineapple juice, I don't think I ever see it there. You know, it's like on a different aisle with all the shelf stuff. No, I think it's, I think, juices. I don't think I've ever seen like, you know, refrigerated perishable pineapple juice. I don't think I have either. And so therefore, I don't think of buying it the same way that I might, if we're having friends over for breakfast, like go buy orange juice. Yeah. And I, I, I really think that it, 
I wonder how many people actually keep it around as a juice as opposed to a mixer. I okay. Next time we have friends over for breakfast, a thing we've never done, um, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, pull out a big can of pineapple juice or PJ as I call it, uh, <laughs> and and put it in the middle of the breakfast table and bring the church key over and ask like who who wants to do the honors. Well, hold on. Uh, this raises another question, which is that, is there any form of packaging for pineapple juice that you've seen that is reclosable? That is such a good question. So when you I was can't Googling, just like buy I this saw and keep it, it around. Like, can I say, like, you know, in all honesty that I've seen this in real life? I don't think so. So that is it, weird. Wouldn't make, it wouldn't make any sense to buy it the way that you buy orange juice or grapefruit juice or whatever, because- I mean, I'm positive y- it is sold that way now, but- Positive is a strong word. I don't know. That like, is I feel a strong like, word. Okay, we, we need to, we need to like, do some Googling. Okay, yeah. Look, here's Libby's pineapple juice sold at Kroger in, in like a classic plastic juice bottle. Oh, okay. Okay, does it come refrigerated? Uh, no, it's in the, it's in the uh, uh, unrefrigerated juice aisle. Okay, okay, okay. So, so this does exist, but like I don't remember seeing this bottle so I don't know. You know what I failed to do that I should have done for the show? Um, last night, uh, Lori and I went to Bar Victoria, and I could have <gasps> ordered a pineapple cocktail, but I did uh, not. I didn't think uh, of it. Speaking of pineapple cocktails, I just thought of one that you hadn't written on, on oh, the great. list here, and so I can't wait to chime in about it. Let's talk about using pineapple juice in drinks and cocktails. Okay, Molly, have you ever had or are you familiar with tepache? You know, I have had a version that is sold in like PCC these days. Okay. And I have a feeling it is probably not nearly as good as it would be if I had it like in Mexico. Okay. Well, I I, I want to hear your impression of that one though, because I don't think I've ever had it and didn't really know what it was until I started researching this episode. So tepache is an ancient fermented Mexican beverage made from fermented pineapple peels uh, and then sweetened with sugar and flavored with cinnamon. And it's very lightly fermented and contains very little alcohol. So I purchased it one day, I think it was summertime, and I I had heard of this stuff sort of in the abstract. I saw a can of it, uh, you know, like near a sandwich I was buying at PCC. <laughs> and I was really we drawn know, in by the One thing we word. know about Molly is if something is near a sandwich, she will buy <laughs> she's, it. Uh, she's in it. She's into it. She's getting <laughs> she, inside no, it. She's in it. She's, you were in the bottle. <laughs> um, the one that I think I bought, I don't think it – well, I think I was really drawn in by the word pineapple and, of course, fermented. Mm-hmm. I, I like fermented things. I think I didn't realize that it was pineapple peel. That's so, so interesting. No, so so the modern like commercial version is made with fermented pineapple juice. Got it. Um, okay. And the most popular brand in Mexico is uh, Frumex Tepachito. Okay. Um, and I care. I'm sure this is sold at Mexican groceries in Seattle, and I've never tried it, and will do so soon. And I'll report. Well, the one that I had, I want to try again because I yeah. I, I want to try a different one. I was not thrilled with what I had, okay, but I, I can't speak to the quality of the brand. All right, so cocktails. Uh, have you had a pina colada anytime recently? <laughs> have I ever? No, I haven't had one recently, but they're so good. And I always forget when I do have one how like rich they are too with the cream of coconut in there, yes. the coconut cream. Yeah, like, but it has lime also, right? 
Yes. So yes, so that cuts the cuts the richness a little bit. Um, I think the last time I had one of these, I think we we made them at home just because we wanted to say we were drinking pina coladas, and that was in our Broadway East apartment. So it would have been before December turned two, so a while ago. Okay, Matthew. What about have you ever had a jungle bird? No, oh I saw a jungle gosh. crow the other day. Oh, you did? Oh, yes. We sh- wait, we should tell the listener, uh, we're recording this remotely. You are still in Tokyo. I'm still in Tokyo for just for a couple more days. So I think I first had uh, a jungle bird at a bar in Palm Springs. Oh, it sounds like a Palm Springs kind of drink. So I'm looking at a recipe for it on liquor.com right now. Um, their version has like one and a half ounces of blackstrap rum. Okay. Three quarter ounce Campari. One and a half ounces pineapple juice half ounce lime juice, and a half ounce simple syrup. That sounds really good. Or demerara syrup if you're feeling Mm -hmm. fancy. It is so good. I mean, especially if you, like me- I do like you. Like bitter, bitterness in your cocktails. In this, you get like that delicious pineapple and rum combo plus lime, you know, like the, the, uh, the, that's what the, the, um, the holy trinity is. Rum, pineapple, and lime juice. Yes. And then in this case, you add Campari to that. I mean, what could be there? Yeah. Will you like make me or take me for one of those? (laughs) Make me or take me (laughs) sometime. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Make me, take me, call me a slag tank. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, Matthew. Uh, All right. So uh, there's the Singapore sling. I don't think I've ever had one. Um, I do remember s- seeing them advertised as like the signature cocktail at a at a fancy movie theater in Bangkok once. Didn't get it. Yes. Um, but it's made with gin, cherry brandy, Cointreau, Benedictine, lemon juice, pineapple juice, and bitters, which is a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. But I assume it's very good. That Have sounds you had pretty one? darn good to me. I've never had a Singapore sling. No. That sounds fantastic, though. Maybe. Yeah, we should... We've never done like a tiki drinks episode. I don't tend to think of myself as a tiki person, but then, you know, I look up the jungle bird and I'm like, well, I like rum and I like lime juice and I like uh, pineapple. Maybe we could like pick like two, we could could either go to a tiki bar or we could like pick like a couple that we want to make at home. I think that sounds great. Okay, let's do it. Maybe we could do like uh, a Hallmark holiday movie. Yes. uh, With some tiki drinks. Oh, that mm-hmm. sounds so great. Yeah, All right. I think so, too. You are on. Yes. Um, and yeah, producer producer Abby um, gets really upset if one of us watches a Christmas movie before Thanksgiving. So I will watch a Christmas movie like in April just to make Abby mad. It's really funny. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> All right, but we should, but we can do it. We can do it next month. And if you're, I think, when does this episode air? Uh, December 14th. So, okay, great. So next month, meaning January. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, when Matthew and I are recording this, next month is December. So, okay. whatever month you're listening to this, you could watch a Hallmark Christmas movie and drink tiki drinks. It, you, yes, you can, that is, that you is can true. just do whatever you need to do to feel right. Yep. I learned that there's a kind of a trashy version of a pina colada called the Staten Island Ferry that's just Malibu rum and pineapple juice. You know, I'm pretty sure that I've had that like poolside somewhere. Sure. Not that I've had that many poolside cocktails, but uh, that does seem like probably something I would have had. We should have more poolside cocktails. We should. We should. We went to a pool once in Elton Hollywood, remember? That's right. When we were we had cocktails. Um, at the IACP conference, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, that, yeah. there's that photo of us. We looked so good. 
All right. Pineapple juice can also be used as a meat tenderizer or marinade. Uh, and it is delicious in marinades. It technically works as a meat tenderizer because it contains an enzyme called bromelain, okay. uh, which breaks down muscle fibers and other tissue. Ooh. Using a marinade as a tenderizer, like doesn't really typically like do what you want it to do because like either you marinate like for a short time and it doesn't get very far into the meat or you marinate for a long time and the meat gets mushy. But as a flavoring, pineapple juice in a marinade is great. So what would be a better way to tenderize something? Braise it. I think. Okay. Okay. So um, a cooking like, method. So that, having said that, okay. So like for stir frying, like, you know, treating, treating meat with a little bit of baking soda for stir frying is like a classic Chinese restaurant technique that uh, like is covered in friend of the show, Kenji's book, The Walk. Uh, and I do do that at home. That would be called velveting. Um, velveting is a little different. Oh, um, okay. Vel- okay. Velveting involves egg whites. Oh, okay. Okay. But uh, like it's it's a related technique for sure. Got it. Oh, I learned that bromelain, uh, because it like eats away tissue, has one commercial pharmaceutical use, which is for debriding burn wounds. And debriding is removing the dead tissue. So you're welcome, everybody. I hope none, neither of us and none of our listeners ever, ever, ever have any it. experience with that. Yep. Uh, so Matthew, yeah. I remember in my like early mid 20s, Talking with a friend of mine who swore by that like one rumor about pineapple juice. Do you want to explain what this rumor yes. is? Yes. And we we had a listener complain recently that uh, they did not like it when we talked about jizz on the episode. Well, we're doing it again. Oh, oh okay. Go on. I was going to say, did they not like us using that word? Oh, no, no. It was that we were talking about the, the substance at all. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. I feel like we would be, there's, it's a big oversight though, to not address oh, no, this no, on an, on an episode to. about pineapple juice. Okay. So I did not know whether this was true or not. And uh, it's not. Um, Wait, does everybody great... know what the rumor is? Oh, the oh yeah. Sorry. The rumor is that if you are a uh, person who uh, ejaculates semen and you drink pineapple juice, it will make your semen sweet or good tasting. Mm, okay. It is not true. There's a great quote uh, from Dr. Jeff Foster a urologist who told Mashable, quote, there are no quality studies that have really looked at this as it is a difficult thing to justify getting funding for. (laughs) (laughs) But having said that, uh, Foster said that in reality, eating these fruits is unlikely to make a difference to semen taste. Quote, if it did, it would alter the constituents of the medium that the sperm is in and potentially damage it. Semen is almost completely protected from what you eat, he explained. I was going to say, I feel like, you know, if these vital bodily fluids were that easily affected by things we eat or, you know, things we ordinarily eat, I think we'd have a lot of problems. You know what I I mean? mean? It's different from like asparagus, like making your pee smell funny because like pee is something you're trying to get rid of. And also pee is a direct byproduct too of of like digestion, right? I mean, semen serves a different purpose. It does serve a different purpose than pee. You're right. (laughs) Okay. We just, we just, I just got, I just got an email saying we just got our medical licenses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I had a feeling we were getting close to earning them, but now we've yeah. Cross that line. Oh, wait, wait. Actually, no. Uh, we don't get our medical license until we get until we answer this next question, which uh, when I was Googling this, uh, Google said that people also ask, quote, what does pineapple do for a woman, Virginia? 
<laughs> um, as far as I'm concerned, nothing. <laughs> yeah, Virginia. I, I, I mean, yeah. Like it probably. I, it, I was gonna say it probably won't hurt, but like that depends. Sort of probably like how you're applying it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I feel like so I, if, I, yeah, if you're a woman in Virginia, get in touch. <laughs> Um, all right. So um, okay. this has been our pineapple juice episode, which uh-huh. I think was was really instructive, you know, both in like the knowledge sense and in the like, you know, um, what's, is the, it possible? Yeah, what's the other sense of instructive? Well, I'm excited to hear what you say next. Well, like, is it possible to change the taste of your semen? OK, yeah, Probably not. Well, at least not with this stuff. Right. No, you. I think you would have to like. <laughs> I was going to say something really gross. Never mind. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. So I hear that we may have a, uh, a beak of the week. Yes, we, we have an emergency beak of the week. You've got sharp claws so you can perch up high. You've got those wings because they help you fly. You're such an interesting bird. It's beak of the week. Wife and Sir Lori and I have been going to our favorite park in the world, Zempukaji Park in Western Tokyo, uh, which is a park that is famous for bird watching. We've seen some cool stuff. We've seen the uh, uh, common kingfisher, which I think was a past beak of the week. We've seen some great cormorants. We've seen a uh, gray heron. Uh, we've seen some common pochards, which are a cool redheaded duck. But we were there mm. the other day in the rain and we were like, that looks like a small duck, but not a duckling, and it's not duckling season anyway. What is that? If uh, if you're at all interested in birds, you probably have the Merlin bird app on your phone, which can identify a bird from a photo. So I took a photo, and it said, oh, that is a little grebe. And I looked at the picture and said, yep, that is absolutely what we're looking at. And a little grebe is one of the most delightful birds you will ever see. It does look kind of like a small duck, but with interesting coloration. And I learned when I did a little more research that grebes are not ducks. They are not geese. They are not closely related to any of those common waterfowl. What they are is small flamingos. What? Yes. So grebes and flamingos form a family that doesn't contain any other types of birds. What do they have in common? I mean, is it like like on the like a genetic level? It's well, th- there are like some like morphological features that are not obvious in in like the developed organism that uh, you would have to like look at, look at the skeleton and stuff to see. But if you but but no, but having said that, like if you look at pictures of flamingos and grebes, they they like, you know, they have like some facial features in common. I'm going to have to go deep on this. OK, so wait, is this. Is this why you called it a uh, an emergency beak of the? Where's the emergency in here? The emergency is that I saw a bird so interesting that we had to bring back beak of the week. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, so a little grebe, so cute. We saw we saw two of them uh, in in the North Pond at Simpukaji. Like, uh, if you if you're listening to this today get over there and they might still be there. You sent me like a, a listing, maybe from your Merlin app about the little mm-hmm. grebe. Yeah. And it has really lovely coloration, really yeah. um, sophisticated, I would say. I mean, I don't mean to like impose my human values onto this thing. Oh, wow. The grebes are really upset because <laughs> you did that. Oh, uh, dear. It says it's also known as the dab chick. The dab chick? Dab chick. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I want to. I want to be a. I want to be a cool dab chick, but I'm. I'm really nothing but a. Uh, what was slag heap? Slag. Slag tank. A slag tank. Uh, Matthew, I've got some spilled mail from listener that Jeff. That would be great. Let's do it. So. 
So listener Jeff says, hi, Matthew and Molly. First off, I want to thank you for the podcast. I recently took some time off to deal with severe anxiety and your podcast was one of the things that took my mind off things. I've also enjoyed your books and look forward to reading the ones I haven't read yet. Is there any possibility of you teaming up to write a spilled milk book? I've been eating a lot of my favorite meals lately and would like to ask if either of you have any meals that you eat during times of anxiety. Gosh, that's a great question. Yes. Okay, well, hold on. I want to address the first question. Yeah. I don't think we have any plans to write a spilled milk book. No, I don't think I mean, we've ever I talked might, about it. I might it. write one without telling Molly about it, but <sighs> teaming up sounds like sounds like it could be a, never. Con- a lot of conflict. Absolutely no, never. I, I think the thing the thing is like the this show is like silly and like kind of about nothing, uh, which doesn't really translate into book form. Yeah, sure. I think that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, if yeah. someone wants to wants to like come in with an offer, like a big offer. We would consider right. it. Yes. But, yes. but like, Matthew I mean, and I even, we have the same literary agent. So, you know, we're we a one-stop shop agent. here. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It's weird that that Michael hasn't come to us with a like an eight-figure <laughs> offer for the uh, for the Spilled Milk book. <laughs> it is surprising. Like, probably, probably we just need to, like, update our contact information. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. I, I have some thoughts about this, yeah. like, meals during times of anxiety. Yeah. So, first okay. of all, Jeff. I've been there, man. Yeah, Matthew and I are both people who struggle or have struggled at various times with anxiety and uh, we we get it. Anyway, okay, I was going to say, for me, scrambled eggs, perennial, always there for me food. And especially with some grated sharp cheddar folded in, which in my house turns them into cheesy eggs, all one way. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, kind of an ideal meal under those circumstances would probably be cheesy eggs and maybe some boiled potatoes, some kind of potato that boils well with salted butter on the boiled potatoes and a lot of salt. And that would be it like as a baseline. I also think good crusty bread and salted butter mm-hmm. can cure all feelings and yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just makes feelings go away. Uh, Matthew, you, you take it away. Okay. So for me, I'm thinking about this and it is, it's good. My answer is going to be less about the specific food and more about kind of the context in which it's prepared. So like when I am feeling anxious, I will seize upon like the act of making food as like a thing I could screw up and disappoint people. Mm. And so what I really want is for someone else to cook or get takeout and and present it to me in a way that I can't do wrong. Yeah. And so like like I don't even really feel like cooking for myself if I'm if I'm very anxious. I would rather just like, you know, get some teriyaki madness. Like teriyaki from from uh, my local teriyaki place, teriyaki madness is going to be an incredibly soothing meal for me cuz like it's mm. always going to be the same. It's going to be good, it's going to smell good, it's going to be simple and I don't have to do it. But also like if someone else is cooking and like, you know, cooking something that produces a good smell along the way, like that is going to be very soothing partly cuz I'm going to be like, okay, like I can sit over here and do my thing. I don't need to get involved in what's going on in the kitchen. Then we'll sit down together and eat it. And like, I'm just not picky about what the specific food is. I'm really glad that you raised the issue of sort of, you know, not wanting to cook in those situations. And I I think that's actually maybe part of why I chose the or, or thought about the foods I did because oh, totally. they're foods that I can't mess up. Yeah, no, scrambled eggs, sound, making scrambled eggs does sound really satisfying. Well, and I also think scrambled eggs for dinner feels very, like, comforting oh, to me. Oh, yes. I'm not actually a big hot breakfast person. Mm-hmm. I love scrambled eggs for dinner, though, um, and we have them – 
I, I mean, if I, if, if I have my way, we have them at least once a week. Nice. Thanks, Jeff. That was a great question. Thanks. Molly, do you have a now but wow? I do, Matthew. You know, I'm going to break now but wow protocol uh, because so here's the thing. A number of weeks ago, producer Abby can look this up for me Okay, uh, and can also vouch. Uh, A number of weeks ago, I mentioned a book by Rachel Kong, Rachel Kong's second novel, Real Americans. That was that was not released yet. That's right. It's still not released. (laughs) It's coming out in 2024. Okay, no, Uh, it has a character named Matthew. Do you remember that part? I do remember that. that. Okay. So here's the deal. You know, for many reasons, I feel like it's taking me a while to get through books these days. Gosh, I can't imagine why. I I can't imagine. It's almost like I have a baby or something. It's weird. Anyway, oh my God, Matthew, I have to mention it again because honestly, I have not enjoyed a book so much in memory. That's awesome. It is not only the kind of story that just picks you up and carries you in from page one, but also her writing like on the sentence level is just like clean and well-paced and like delightful. Is it and, full of small epiphanies like like I mentioned in, in the masterclass ad that may or may not air with this episode? I, you know, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked, Matthew. Well, here's <laughs> what I can say about it. So not only, so it's told from three different generations within the same family. Okay. And it's not only interesting on the level of the plot. I mean, each of these characters is a really interesting person to be inside of, but there's also kind of a mystery you're trying to unravel the entire time. And part of it is kind of a scientific mystery. And part of it has a a little touch of magical realism about it. Nice. but that's a like a very small aftertaste it leaves. I really thought long and hard about whether or not I could mention the same thing twice for now, but wow. But this book is like such a big wow for me. Uh, I can't say enough good things about it. I think that this book is going to be huge next year. Okay. Well, um, I can't believe you violated protocol this way. You're canceled. Uh, no, I can't uh, wait to Rachel read this book. Rachel Kong deserves all the book sales. Yes. Pre-order it. Pre-order Real Americans by Rachel Kong. That's spelled K-H-O-N-G. Uh, Rachel Kong also uh, used to be an editor at Lucky Peach. Um, yeah, great food writer, Has a great too. history as a food writer. There's a lot of food in this book, too, which is delightful. God, right out, I, I, I'm thinking right now of a scene early in the book, maybe like on page page nine or 10, when the narrator is eating shrimp cocktail and has just like a really funny observation about what it is like to chew shrimp. Uh, that's, anyway, that's this kind of small epiphany that I meant. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, I'm so excited for her. I'm so excited for the world to get to read this book. Yeah. I'm excited for me because I haven't read it yet. Great. All right. Uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. Uh, Molly has an excellent newsletter uh, that I'm always excited to see pop up in my inbox. It's called I've Got a Feeling, and you can subscribe at mollyweisenberg.substack.com. 
Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know it already, now you do. Matthew is a singer and a songwriter and also plays multiple instruments. Matthew is a part of two bands and, and also collaborates with other people. You can That's find true. his music all over the place on the internet. Uh, one of his bands is called Early to the Airport and the other is Twilight Diners. Thank you. Thank you. What a great plug. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, check in with other Spilled Milk listeners at uh, everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. I think I fixed, like for a while, our email address wasn't on our website for some reason. Uh, I think I fixed that. But anyway, if you want to send us some spilled mail, it's uh, contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. We love to hear from you. All right. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Uh, this show has been uh, hosted since 2010 by a couple of real slag tanks. You know, this show is a difficult thing to justify getting funding for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that explains a lot. I'm Matthew Amsterburton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. (laughs) Wait, I'm PR1-67. Oh, and I'm Smooth Cayenne. Woo! I put everything spilled milk out spilledmilk.com, which is wrong. That's wrong. Ever been to Delaware? If not, now is the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com.